0: Welcome to From the Median, a daily report from the front line of the pro-life movement, discussing two worldviews that are driving our culture in opposite directions. From the Median asks, which side of the road are you on? What direction do you want our culture to go? Tune in as we plan the route that takes us back to the culture of life. And now your host, Molly Smith.
1: Good evening and welcome to From the Median, where we are concerned with the middle ground, not just to understand both sides of an argument, but also to awaken the consciences of those who are neutral or indifferent to this, the greatest civil rights movement of our times, the pro life movement. You are listening to us on AM 1220 The Word and 1440 The Word. You can also listen to us on the web every evening at whkwradio.com again whkwradio.com and you can also uh, go onto our website um, and download any past program if you if you do not find it up there you can always email us but our website is fromthemedian.org and our and our email is radio news at the, this evening we are going to jump into it uh, continuing our series on critical thinking and education. And we have a returning guest, uh, at, on the, on the show with us tonight, joining us from California. We have Dr. Michael McLean, who is the president of Thomas Aquinas College out there in California. And we're thrilled to have you back on the program again, Michael.
2: Thank you, Molly. I'm very happy to be here.
1: It's great to have you back. And, and, um, we've been doing, um, we've had a, several different, um, educators on the program as part of the series. And it's been fascinating to listen to how different Colleges, schools, um, the you know, the educational uh, facilities or institutions are approaching this whole idea of critical thinking, um, Dr. McLean. And what I think I want to do tonight is to just have you, first of all, talk a little bit about your college. Tell the listeners who you are, what you do, uh, what the focus of the college is, because it's a pretty unique college. It's also set in the most beautiful setting. Um, according, I've looked on your website, which is um, uh, Thomas Aquinas. Is for, I'm just going to pull it up right now because I've got about 15. Up here. So it's thomasaquinas.edu. Um, thomasaquinas.edu. So I encourage everybody to check it out. But um, tell us a little bit about the college.
2: Uh, thank you, Molly. I'm happy to do so. Uh, you're right. We're very blessed to be um, situated in Southern California in a beautiful Uh, Mountain Valley, uh, backing up to the uh, National Forest in the wilderness area. And uh, over our time on this campus, we've developed uh, a beautiful uh, set of buildings and facilities for our students, including a chapel, which I think is uh, among the most beautiful churches in the United States. Uh, The college is, as you say, unique academically. Uh, We're strongly Catholic and committed to the uh, magisterium of the church and teaching in accordance with the best of the Catholic uh, intellectual tradition. Uh, One of the things that makes us unique is our use of the great books of Western civilization as the uh, foundational texts in our classes, So our students are reading original works by authors like Plato and Aristotle and St. Thomas Aquinas and St. Augustine and Galileo and Newton uh, and Albert Einstein and the literary works of writers like Dante and Shakespeare and Cervantes, um, Tolstoy and Dostoevsky, for example. Wow. So we're introducing them to what we consider to be the, the best books our civilization has produced, the books which are really able to introduce them to the uh, strongest arguments uh, in favor of their faith and even some of the strongest objections or criticisms of the faith, which in their classes they learn to analyze and and understand and respond to. And then uh, I think the second element that's really important, and especially with regard to developing critical thinking skills, is that our our college conducts all its classes as rigorous discussions uh, involving 15 to 18 students, uh, discussions which are facilitated and guided by experienced teachers. We call them tutors. And the students really learn to uh, listen carefully to one another, to interact well with one another, to formulate their own positions and their own arguments, and to uh, respond and address the the points and arguments that are are raised by other students and by the authors of the books themselves. So that combination of the great books and the the rigorous sorts of discussions, I think, uh, are excellent ways to educate young people and to develop their critical thinking skills.
1: Whereabouts do your students come from? You mentioned that, you know, this is, a, this is a sort of a unique form of education, particularly at the higher level, uh, Michael. And, and, you know, I often wonder how do people find incredible schools like yours? Where do you pull your students from?
2: Well, that's a good question, Molly. As a matter of fact, uh, about 40% of our students uh, come from California, but another 40% come from east of the Rocky Mountains. Wow. So we're actually drawing students from all over the country, and um, as well as drawing students from Canada and a number of foreign countries, including uh, a, a couple of the African nations. We've had students here from Australia and several of the European countries as well. Uh, in addition, we've had uh, three students from China uh, in the last 10 years or so. So with our Presence on the web, our, our newly designed uh, website, uh, we're drawing students from, from all over the, the, uh, the world, actually. Um, our enrollment is up to about 375 students this year. Uh, we're just about 50-50 uh, men and women. And um, one, of our, one of our best recruiting tools, actually, is a, is a two-week program we, we run in the summers, for high school students. Oh. Uh, students who are rising seniors come t- to the campus for two weeks at the end of July and the beginning of August. They participate in classes that are very similar to what our students in the four-year program do, and they participate in the spiritual life and the recreational life and social life of the college. So in that two-week period, they get a really uh, strong and excellent introduction to the school and they're in a position to make an informed decision about whether this might be uh, the best place for them to pursue their four-year college degree. Do and you, I would say, um, in our experience, about 50% or so of those students who attend the high school program end up applying to the college and coming for the four-year program.
1: Wow, wow. Now, do you have a, a, a sort of an even mix of, of male female students? Because this, this, to me, is sort of a critical thing that we have to get. This type of education has to go, you know, has to be part of uh, men and women's education. So, are you finding that you're attracting more than one than the other?
2: Uh, actually, we uh, we take uh, we make some efforts to uh, uh, create an enrollment that's uh, that's about equally balanced between men and women. As a matter of fact, I think uh, more uh, women are applying to the program, but um, the setup of our residence halls and the, um, the the requirements of our teaching methods and academic program make it, uh, I think, important for us to have a, a, a nearly equal number of men and women, and I agree with you. I think the, uh, the balance between the, the sexes really improves the classes. Mm-hmm. Um, And the uh, you know the women uh, like the men, but I'll just speak about the women for a second. They've always contributed significantly significantly to the class discussions. Uh, They've over over the history of the college done very well in our program, as have many of the men. So so we're quite pleased with that balance and with that makeup, and it contributes to I think a healthy uh, Christian community as well. So the the men and women, I think, learn to interact uh, in a chaste and wholesome way, and um, you know we're proud of the uh, the number of marriages that come out of this community, um, and the, uh, as I say, the whole wholesome and healthy relationships that the men and women develop with one another.
1: Do you find that um your your graduation rate at at the college is on a par with other people your your degree is a degree in the and uh, you they when the students graduate they've got a, a bachelor of arts of liberal arts of, Correct. of that's right uh, in that's in right. the liberal arts now that's do right. you find that you your graduation rate is pretty high you know cuz often we can get kids go off to college and they don't graduate so <laughs> It's always oh, a problem. I, I, I,
2: yeah, I, I appreciate that. <laughs> yeah. uh, as a matter of fact, Molly, our graduation rate is, is quite high. Um, we're graduating about 80% of our students within four years. Wow. Uh, so we typically uh, admit 102 freshmen, and we're graduating four years later anywhere from 80 to 90 students. So our, our uh, graduation and retention rate is quite high and compares very favorably with other schools. And I think it's important um, that students complete their undergraduate education in four years, uh, partly because it, it helps families financially, not not to have to uh, pay tuition and borrow money uh, or, say, a six-year undergraduate program.
1: Absolutely.
2: So uh, the vast majority of our students complete the the program in four years and graduate, those that have financial aid, graduate with manageable debt, uh, which we cap at about $18,000 over four years. Wow. Wow. which is well below the national average.
1: Wow, that's amazing. Absolutely amazing. When we come back, let's let's jump into some of the programs that are there and how does this fit into our topic for today, which is, of course, you know, the, the whole idea of teaching our students to, to think in a way that is unusual in today's culture, and that is to critically think through things. We're talking to Dr. Michael McLean, who is the president of Thomas Aquinas College in California. We'll be back with him right after this short break. Stay with us. I am Molly Smith, your host. This evening, our guest is Dr. Michael McLean, who is the president of Thomas Aquinas College, which is located in, in beautiful California, nestled in the hills uh, 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 surrounding the whole. Th- it's the most beautiful-looking college, and I haven't been there myself, uh, but I hope to remedy that at one point, Michael, because I'd love to come out and visit you. I've heard so much about this college. Um, I have had relatives that have, that have gone to the college from Canada as you mentioned um and I know there's several of the of the of the educators here in our area that that are very familiar with the college some of them have graduated from there um our wonderful lyceum school here in Cleveland um has a couple of of uh, graduates from from Thomas Aquinas College so we're very familiar with it and we're very familiar with the incredible people that they're turning out uh, your college is is um, producing as a result of this incredible type of education that you promote, give us a little bit about um how you go about this on your website there's a there's a a wonderful document which talks about the 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 program's objectives. Maybe we go through that a little bit so that people get an understanding of what this is and and how this contributes to to growing these these students and and you know producing citizens for the world that are able to think on their feet and able to think critically?
2: Well, I appreciate the question, Molly, and uh, let me begin by uh, commenting uh, on, on the uh, important work our graduates are doing throughout the country. You mentioned those in, in the Cleveland area, um, especially those involved in education. We're very proud of them and proud of the other graduates of the college who are working in a wide range of professions and vocations Across the country, including education and business, and medicine and law and engineering and so forth, and, and of course we're proud of those who have uh, decided to pursue the religious life, either as priests or monks or religious sisters, uh, and uh, we think that they're serving the church uh, in very important ways. And when you talk about our our objectives. Um, the, the work our alumni do is one of the important objectives of Thomas Aquinas College. Uh, we we uh, uh, describe our objectives as, as uh, on the one hand, intellectual, and on the other hand, as moral. And among the moral objectives uh, of the college uh, is to graduate uh, students who are uh, strongly uh, convinced of the truth of the Catholic faith and well-educated in the principles of that faith, and who are Desirous and zealous to serve the church and serve their, their fellow uh, men and women uh, as uh, ministers of the faith in, in one dimension or another. So we've already mentioned education and the religious life and we're very um, uh, concerned that our graduates contribute to the church and contribute to the country in those ways. So the, the, um, the work our graduates do I think is an important sign of the success of the college and of the fact that the college is reaching its, its educational and moral objectives. Uh, among the uh, uh, educational or intellectual objectives of the college uh, is uh, to, uh, to help develop in our students a strong sense of the harmony between faith and reason and to uh, help them see the um, integration or the relationship among the various disciplines. So our students are studying mathematics and natural science and philosophy and theology and literature, Uh, and um, the the tutors are experienced in all parts of the curriculum, and they are able to help the students see the uh, interconnection between uh, things they might be studying in mathematics or natural science on the one hand, and other things they're studying in philosophy and theology. So it's, it's important to us that our students um, understand the, the intellectual foundations of their faith and that they're able to uh, appreciate the contributions that are made to our culture by, by mathematics and natural science and the other disciplines and that they um, appreciate the fact that um, science, for example, is not doesn't present a, a fatal challenge to the faith or a, a fatal challenge to religion, but but is another way to access the truth about the world alongside of um, the faith and philosophy and theology, and that there's a harmony among those things. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's a very important element of our educational program, and a very important objective that we've set ourselves.
1: I would I would imagine, Michael, that that because of the type of program that you're offering, and because of the method that you need that you use to teach it, to teach your you know the the great books and all the things that you do there, that this. Um, that these discussions, and it's so funny because I, I do know several people that have graduated from from uh, Thomas Aquinas College, and and I, I certainly have seen this after the fact as you know as, as graduates and, and now as adults in the world and you know married or doing whatever they're doing, but they are the, the most interesting talk, people to talk to because the discussion never stops. Doesn't matter what we're doing; the discussion keeps going. <laughs> so that's
0: right. That's
1: right. It's lovely. It's absolutely amazing because it's such. You know, we we live in a world of sound bites. So when you can find somebody who can actually discuss with you, it's wonderful.
2: That's right. Well, that you raise a you raise a, a good point, Molly, and that's that the uh, the fact that the discussions never stop, as you've experienced, that really uh, is true of the campus itself, as you might imagine. Um. You know, it's one thing, uh, as, as most colleges do. It's one thing to conduct classes <clears throat> as lectures, where the uh, the professor is up there in front of the in front of the class, speaking about some subject that he or she is very conversant with and familiar with, and the students are, in, in some respects, passively listening uh, to the professor and absorbing what is being said, but the, the, um, and there's some, good, there's some good aspects to that, um, don't get me wrong. But, but the downside of that approach is that the students themselves are not really challenged to um, grapple with the material um, themselves and to prepare in a kind of diligent and disciplined way each day for classes where they might be called upon themselves to present a position or present an argument or raise an objection or difficulties to someone else's position or argument, or they may be called upon to present a mathematical demonstration or a demonstration from from, um, mechanical physics or something like that. So I think the the great virtue of our approach to education is that it requires of the students a, a kind of disciplined and um, determinate uh, approach to their classes with the the expectation that they'll be called upon to participate in an active way and thereby develop uh, the kinds of habits that are so uh, necessary for critical thinking and necessary for living in our modern culture. So, you know, they really learn, I think, uh, how to conduct conversations in a civil and charitable way unlike much of what you see on television uh, where you've got two or three people talking at once and you can't make head or tail of what's being said. Mm -hmm. I think think our students learn to interact very well with one another, uh, and they learn to uh, interact well with the authors of the the books they're reading. So I think it's a a great uh, way to teach. Uh, I've been doing it for over 35 years. I experienced it myself as an undergraduate. At St Mary's College in California. And I, I early on became convinced that this is the best way to educate young people and it's certainly proven to be so in my experience here at Thomas Aquinas College.
1: You know, if if we had more people doing what you're doing, we wouldn't have these what what we're facing right now with our politicians who are unable to defend their positions in many instances. You know, so you, you put them on the spot and it's like and they're humbling and, and, and as sincere and all as they are, many of them don't know how to Express an opinion and then to, and then to take, you know, when they get challenged on it, they're able to hold it and, and really come, come at these opinions with solid knowledge. We're talking to Dr. Michael McLean, who is the president at Thomas Aquinas College in California. He will be back with us after this short break. Please stay with us.
0: Welcome to From the Median, a daily report from the front line of the pro-life movement, discussing two worldviews that are driving our culture in opposite directions. From the Median asks, which side of the road are you on? What direction do you want our culture to go? Tune in as we plan the route that takes us back to the culture of life. And now your host, Molly Smith.
1: Welcome back. I, I want to remind everybody that this program is only able to be aired every evening, Monday through Friday at 9 p.m. here on Salem Radio through your generosity. So we always like to remind you at some point that we would love to uh, have you as partners in the program. Um, you can do that in several ways. You can help us with the donation. Go to our website from the median. And make a donation or you can, um, also pray for us because we all, we're always looking for, um, support from God as we go through this and ask uh, Him to guide us and in, in the guests we bring on and, and the things that we're doing here. Also provide us with information about um important or or guests that you would like to suggest that we have on the program several different ways you can support us um you can also sign up for our newsletter which comes out once uh, every once a week at the beginning of the week which will give you the lineup of guests that are coming in the the coming week week and of course this week you got an email a newsletter most of you that are uh part of the program newsletter program um to tell you that we had Dr. Michael McLean coming on the program to talk with us about critical thinking and education. And we have been having a great conversation so far with Dr. McLean um, about this particular issue. Dr. McLean is president of St. Thomas Aquinas College, and I invite you all to go to their website, thomasaquinas.org. Um, uh, before the break, we were talking, uh, Michael, about, um, you know, this idea of being able to teach your students to basically think on your feet um, i guess i have two questions for you how do your students actually get to that point and what part of of the um, of the process do you actually see this critical thinking really starting to take off and the kids beginning to get it the students beginning to get it
2: uh, good questions, Molly. I guess uh, I, I'd want to say first that uh, our students, I think, uh, graduate with an ability to think on their feet uh, in part because uh, they've, they've really absorbed in their four years here some of the most important uh, fundamental principles of uh, correct thinking and the correct way to approach the, uh, the moral uh, issues of our time. So, as I mentioned uh, earlier in the program, um, there's, a, there's a strong sense here of the harmony between faith and reason. There's also a strong sense here of the importance of the, uh, the natural law and the formation of their consciences in accordance with the natural law and with the teachings of the Church, so it's no surprise, for example, that a, a large number of our graduates and even a number of our current students are involved in pro-life work and defending the church's teachings about sexuality and marriage. Um, they also, I think, learn here um, the, uh, the true understanding of human goodness and human happiness, uh, and so when they're asked, to uh, address some current issue or contemporary problem, they're coming. They're coming at those questions, uh, I think, with the with the proper principles and well grounded in in the uh, the Catholic approach to the uh, to the important moral and uh, political and philosophical questions of our time. I think they also uh, uh, are formed here in a way that uh, helps them. Learn to to love the good, the true, and the beautiful, so that their their appetites and their emotions are kind of disposed in the proper way. And I think our our strong uh, theological program and our strong uh, moral and spiritual life really does deepen their knowledge of and love of God and their neighbors. So so the so the first. The first reason I would give for their ability to think well on their feet is that they've they've over four years I think developed a better understanding of the of the proper principles and proper approaches to the issues of our time. Um, and then you know uh, what we talked about earlier that the habits they develop uh, in the uh, in the course of their classes are really fundamental and really important so I mentioned their uh, listening skills. They, they have, I think, we help them or try to help them have the ability to really listen carefully to what the uh, what the question might be or what the opposing position might be, and to identify the the key assumptions or key premises of those of those positions and to respond effectively to them. Um, and I think. The, uh, just the daily practice in, you know, formulating arguments, responding to questions, responding to difficulties really does give them the practice they need to do that uh, for the rest of their lives. You know, it's much like, uh, it's much like athletics or music. Mm-hmm. You, have to, you have to do uh, those things kind of over and over again and repeat them until they become second nature. And I think that's what our students are beginning to do here at the college.
1: You, you are so right because I think this is something. That you, I think you've hit on, on something there because I think there is so often um, the charge made against um, programs such as this, where where you are actually trying to get the students to 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 you know to use good information to come up with a with a with a solid solution to this. But but on the other hand, you'll often hear, oh well, those are those students that are coming out of these Christian schools and Christian colleges are being brainwashed, right. But but you know I, I, I think what it is it's it's what you just said it's attuning the the mind it's 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 exercising the brain so to speak
2: right right yeah well you know I I, I would I'd like to say this too about that particular uh, you know objection if you will um, you know I've heard it I've heard it uh, over and over again in my years here at the college and and I, I would want to emphasize this. Uh, that, that um, I think we also teach our students uh, really to think critically about their Catholic faith as well. Mm-hmm. And by that, I, I don't mean that we encourage them to doubt their faith or to, uh, to give it up or to become skeptic, skeptical about it, but, but rather uh, we want to teach them uh, a, and give them a deeper understanding of what they hold by faith but at the same time, combine that with an awareness of the difficulties people might have with religious belief, or the uh, the kinds of objections that philosophers and theologians have raised over the over the centuries to to Catholicism. Yeah. So it's not a uh, it's it's not an uncritical or unthinking acceptance of the faith that we're seeking, but rather a reflective, sort of self-conscious and uh, what I would call um, critical in the best sense, uh, acceptance of their faith, where they have uh, convictions on the one hand about the truth of the faith, but an awareness on the other of the difficulties people might have and an, and an ability to respond to those difficulties in a in I think a sensitive and um, and uh, you know reflective way
1: absolutely. Absolutely, and I think this is—I um, think one of the things I'm, I'm sure that that's one of the one of the areas that you study, because of the fact that you go back to the great books and you use the biblical, you know, the the whole biblical foundation. But it is that whole thing of the skeptics. Uh, you know, there was a whole sect of of these people that that sort of tore everything apart, and 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 unfortunately weren't able to put it all back together again. So you get this. You, know, you get this destruction. And I see, I don't know about you, Michael, but I see today in so many of our young people that the skepticism um, is rampant and, and and people are looking, they are searching for something that they can grasp onto and help them, you know, sort of do that jog every morning to get, get your brain going, to get you started. That's and, right. Yeah, and, and we just don't have it. It's so sad to see so many young people out there that are not getting this kind of education?
2: Well, you know, uh, it, it's uh, St. Thomas Aquinas himself, who's the patron of the college, sets a, sets a terrific example in this connection, Molly, because, because uh, he, he begins every question that he takes up uh, by first putting forth objections or difficulties uh, about the matter. So when he, for example, sets out to prove the existence of God he gives a number of arguments that people might use and in fact still use today against the idea that god exists so one of the principal objections he brings up is the uh, is the fact of evil and how could how could there be a good and loving god in the presence of all the evil we see in our in our world and uh, you know aquinas doesn't doesn't uh, shy away from those objections but he takes them seriously and i think he helps students to see that although the objections and difficulties are important, they're serious, they can be answered and that there are intelligent responses to those problems. Mm-hmm. So so far from developing skepticism, I think our education, particularly given its, its Catholic focus and Catholic center, develops in our students a certain confidence that the faith makes sense and that uh, it can respond in a deep and profound way to the problems that human life presents. Mm
1: -hmm. Absolutely. absolutely, That's so right, because I think you you touched on a very, very key thing earlier on too, which I think we don't do enough of, and we actually don't encourage our our educators to do more of it or, or to force their students to do more of it, and that is listening skills.
2: Absolutely. Um, that's something we work uh, very diligently with uh, our students on. Um, you know, uh, when students begin this education, there's a certain tendency in the in the freshmen uh, uh, to uh, to sort of have their own uh, preconceived ideas and and already formulated opinions, and there's a temptation uh, in them to. Uh, just put those out there uh, in the conversation uh, without paying sufficient attention to what they're responding to or what difficulty they're answering or what the other student has said before them. So, so we really work with our students on, on listening skills, um, trying to um, appreciate what, what's being said and what is, is true in what's being said. And then what might be uh, in need of improvement in what's being said or what the the author himself might be putting forth. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So it's very important, I think, uh, for evangelical purposes in our time for Catholics to be responsive to the difficulties that people have uh, and that Catholics learn to listen carefully to what people are saying and then respond in a way that's sympathetic, uh, but but nevertheless uh, cogent and and firmly grounded in the uh, in the tradition of the church,
1: absolutely. And, and and I and I see that in the in the students that you that you know the the end product that's coming through into the world. We really do see that. And I encourage everybody to go on online to um, ThomasAquinas.org. Dot, yes, it's .edu. it is says actually ThomasAquinas.edu. Is it not? I think that was the right one. Um, uh yes, Thomasaquinas.edu and check out Thomas Aquinas College. All kinds of incredible information there. And I'm sure once you see how beautiful this college is and you're right, your your chapel and your your little uh, church there which is the sort of centre of your of your campus looks so beautiful, Michael. I can't wait to come out at one point at some point and visit you. We are talking to Dr. Michael McLean, who is president of St. Thomas Aquinas College in California. We'll be back with him for the final segment right after the short break. Please stay with us. Lots more coming. Welcome back. I am Molly Smith, your host. This evening, we are wrapping up our program Uh, that we've been, we started off about about an hour ago, half an hour ago or so, um, with a returning guest, but but sort of a new guest on the program, um, as part of our series on critical thinking. We have with us Dr. Tom, uh, Dr. um, Michael McLean from Thomas Aquinas College. And, um, Dr. McLean um, has got about 30 years of experience in this field of, of educating, um, postgraduate or, or, or graduates um, at, at the college level. Um, I see also, Michael, that you are a keen gardener and a lover of music as well. So uh, you and I have lots of common there because I, I am the same. I love my garden.
2: <laughs> well, I don't blame you. It's a great, it's a great uh, recreation and uh, really good for the soul to get out there and uh, you know among those plants and uh, nurture them and um, create the beauty that. Uh, that's possible. And that, that's one of the great uh, highlights of this campus, by the way, Molly, is the uh, the fact that the students uh, who are on our financial aid program work work on the grounds here. And uh, under the direction of a very skilled uh, landscape supervisor, we've got a beautiful a set of gardens and uh, beautiful landscaping on the campus. And that's something else I'm sure you would enjoy if you were to visit.
1: Oh, I, I, I would love to do that. I'd absolutely love to do that. Um let's let's um get back to the discussion of critical thinking and the importance of it. In my in my um research and looking for things about critical thinking and the importance of this, I came across an article. It's actually it's it's on a website called Critical Thinking Community and I um I, I did not do too much background of it on um onto the actual site itself, but there were some very interesting things that I found on this site. Uh Michael, one of them was was the um a, 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 discussion about um the need for us for our teachers to be uh, the fact that there's so many of our teachers in today's world that have never been actually taught how to to access thinking through standards you know they 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 are very undisciplined in the way that they um reflect this sort of this ability to to think critically And one of the issues that they, and I I want to read a little bit about what, because I found this to be quite fascinating. Um, one of the things that they talked about here was, um, the, the, the the professor was asked to give an example as to why does this happen. And he said, um, um, I'm, I'm trying to pull it up here, but, but, but it was, it was, uh, it was about the fact that there, there was a, this competition that was taking place, um, where they had, they gave the, the students a topic to write about. And the winning essay was one that was, was louded, lauded all over the place. And it was so wonderful. The teachers and all the educators were saying this is a wonderful, wonderful, um, example of, of how, you know, a good educated student would, would, would write about all of this. Except when they actually went back and, and assessed what they, what the student did, um, the criteria that was set out, they, there was, there was um, everything, the way that the student had actually responded to the criteria was with emotions. Um, they had asserted um, things into the questions that were not there and that they had done a, a, a variety of different subjective preferences that came from within, within the student himself. Right. Which ended up with this very funny, very witty, winning essay, but actually had nothing to do with the original discussion that or the original topic. Do right. you find this is this to me is a huge part of what we are seeing today in the world in our culture?
2: I I, I agree with you, and I I think uh, uh, one of the things that uh, I, I hope has been clear in, in what I've said uh, on the program is is that. Um, we're, we're trying to, uh, help the students form, um, intellectual habits and habits of rational thought and rational discourse that's, that's well grounded in, um, the principles that have, that have stood the test of time, uh, through the history of the church and through the history of Western civilization and develop in our students the ability to, to sort of take those principles and in a logical and rational way apply them to the, uh, to the modern situation and to the, to the issues they'll face in their own, in their own lives. So, uh, you know, emotion is important and conviction is important, and I don't want to diminish the importance of those things, but they need to be uh, harnessed with or coupled with strong uh, skills of rational discourse and rational argumentation.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. Because that's
2: really, I think, what finally moves people is is um, they'll be impressed by your conviction and by your sincerity. But but finally, I think they're going to be moved by your arguments, your evidence, and the facts. And um, that's what we're trying to do with our students is give them those those intellectual skills that will that will really help them um, bring bring their faith to bear. In the uh, in the modern situation, in a way that's that's productive and um, helpful to people. Exactly. You know, you you said something earlier that that really strikes me as true. That we live in a we live in a culture of, of sound bites and um, and emotion. You know, we're surrounded. We have an abundance of information at our fingertips, uh, and an, and an abundance of entertainment at our fingertips, and. You really, you know, young people, and we all do, but especially young people, need to develop a kind of what I'll I'll call for the time being a kind of filtering mechanism to help them uh, sort of critically assess the the information that they're being bombarded with, the entertainment they're being bombarded with. And uh, they've got to learn to make judgments about what is worth their time and what's not worth their time. They've got to develop the discipline to, uh, not be distracted by the overwhelming technological culture that we live in. And they've got to develop their, their moral, uh, sensibilities so that they can, they can learn to discern the truly beautiful from the, uh, from the ugly and distracting. So they, they've got a, they've got a world of information and a world of technology that they have to deal with. And they really do need uh, habits of critical analysis, critical thinking, critical judgment to deal with that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, you know, even, even more specifically, they're surrounded by a, an abundance of anti-Catholic and anti-life and anti-American uh, propaganda that they have to, I think, confront and and deal with. And so they need the kinds of principles that I've talked about today where they have a a sense of the of the uh, harmony between faith and reason they're educated about the uh, about the intellectual and moral grounds for their faith and the intellectual and moral grounds for America's fundamental goodness I think and fundamental importance and with those uh, habits with those principles with those skills I think I think our graduates and I think anybody would be Better able to navigate the uh, the modern world with all its distractions, with all its temptations, and with all its uh, you know bad information and bad argumentation. So, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so, you know, I think I think what you're doing on this program is 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 important and timely. Critical thinking, uh, those skills of discernment and judgment, in accordance with the right. Principles and the right understanding of the world are increasingly crucial and increasingly necessary. I think.
1: You know. Yeah. You know. As you were talking there, it, it came to mind that the two things that sort of struck me. Was your, you know, your, your discussion just now about the fact that if we can't do this critical thinking, we just suck in whatever the television spits out at us or the radio program or whatever. If we are able to critically think, that's why I love it when I get um, questions or, or, or uh, you know criticism a little bit of criticism you know and i love it about the radio program they'll say do you realize that your guest said xyz or you know did you not why didn't you ask this question or what that that question right. that is exactly what we should this is what the the program should be sparking it shouldn't be just that you know oh well molly smith on, on from the and said xyz it should be right. no let's challenge molly smith as to what she's saying on the radio program because that's the only way we really do get to the truth that's
2: exactly right yeah mm-hmm.
1: absolutely
2: the only way we advance in our own thinking and our own intellectual and spiritual development, you yeah. know, it's unfortunate. Uh, you mentioned the, uh, you know, the contest and the essay that the student wrote. It's it's unfortunate, uh, but I think true today that too much education has been infected with a with a kind of political agenda,
1: absolutely, uh,
2: and a and a moral agenda, which is which is which is anti-Catholic, anti-American. Yeah. Anti-Christian, I, anti-Christian, anti yeah. you, you, yeah. you you've got it, and it, so it's so it's really important to have, I think, an educational program like ours where where students are just asked to uh, to consider and confront and and to reflect on the great ideas of the great the great works, the great uh, the great literature of our of our tradition and civilization. Uh, in a way that's not um, infected with politics or,
1: uh,
2: or an anti-Christian uh, bias. Absolutely,
1: so, absolutely. Um, so before we go, quickly, give, give us the website, Michael, so that anybody that's interested in can contact you directly.
2: Yes, we'd encourage you to uh, find us on the web at www.thomasaquinas.edu. We have a very interactive and lively website, and we encourage your... Uh, taking you're taking an opportunity to look at it.
1: Wonderful. Thank you so much, Michael, for joining us. It's been delightful to talk with you. Thank you, Molly, very much. Thank you. God bless you all out there and have a wonderful evening. Good night.
0: From the Median is sponsored by Cleveland Right to Life and is listener-supported. Visit our website, fromthemedian.org, for further information or to make a donation to continue to make this radio program possible. Email us, news at clevelandrighttolife.org, or call 216-661-3000. Through our fromthemedian.org website, you can purchase CDs of our previous symposiums, learn how you can place a truth booth at your school or church, and stay abreast of upcoming events. Tune in tomorrow night at 9 p.m. to From the Median, only on AM 1220, The Word, as we plan the route that takes us back to the culture of life.